0: the personal best podcast powered by jets australia we are coming to you live from the sunshine coast in queensland my name is bart and to my left is fan favorite
1: jacob kettle good morning bart something you should know that not all mushrooms are easily scavenged or safe to eat uh another thing you should know is to follow the podcast subscribe to this show and to follow us on socials and to have a good day how are you this afternoon bart i feel like that was a public service announcement yeah there's just a lot of talk about you know i don't know something in the news about you know potentially fatal mushroom eating and um you know you don't just scavenge for mushrooms and eat them it's just a general announcement i feel like that should be talked about death cap mushrooms they will kill you there are so there's
0: where me and my partner are fascinated with mushrooms she's just as nerdy as i am with Mm. fitness and nutrition and we actually found in Mulaney, which is a bit of sort of a hippie town up here. On the side, oh yeah, to they've,
1: they, I've seen some people look for mushrooms around
0: there. That's right. After rain around yeah. the cow paddocks. Yeah, I and see a wise. few of them out there. But they have, we found in one of the shops, we found a guide. And it's, gui- it's a guide to local mushroom varieties. Ooh. Doesn't say it to eat them or not. But there are some wackadoo fungi out there. And, stuff that, and some stuff that hasn't even been discovered.
1: No, they're constantly evolved. Fungi are, are smart little ecosystem of things. They are. That documentary, what's it what's it called? Um Paul Stamets, It's on yes.
0: it's on Netflix. Watch it if you haven't. It's really cool. And um hello to you all out there. Thank you for, yeah, for coming along. Um I hope there
1: are some fun guys listening today. See to that fire right? is on today.
0: Um but no, seriously, thank you for watching or listening. Um do follow, do leave a five star rating. I do want to open up with the first topic today, yep. talking about a big corporate conglomerate called Nike. Have you heard of them before? I
1: think I've heard of them. Are they the ones that make the shoes?
0: They do make the shoes. So Nike has stepping. So they've they've sort of stepped in collaborations. They've stepped into the fitness industry before yep. in terms of gyms and boutiques and stuff like that. But they've announced recently they're going to open up a, a network, um, not a franchise, but a network of boutique fitness studios starting in the States. And so the first one's is going to open up later in the year uh, in West Hollywood. Yep. And then they're going to expand from there on out, varying prices depending on where the studio is. But as far as we can tell, it's probably going to involve running so that they can sell shoes. Yeah, And so they'll sell merch in these studios as well. And so it got me thinking, firstly, if Nike would open up a boutique fitness studio here in Oz,
1: yep. would you go? 100%. Mm. I would h- 100% go. I feel like they could do, the marketing brain in me is talking, thinking about how they could utilize all their sports athletes. Cool. And, you know, I think of that thing where it's like a, a floating ball up a, up above in the up above and basically you gotta try and headbutt it. And it's like Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo can headbutt it this <laughs> okay, height. See if I you can yeah. get to this part and it's I like LeBron's Height and you got to try and like dunk or run the speed of Messi or something like that's wicked. Using Nike and their athletes incorporated into the gym. What if Messi's just there going, "Hey guys, here's your hit workout for the day." Far out. I didn't think follow of that. along like Wahlberg did for F forty five. They have got a sea of athletes already. They are deep
0: and their pockets are deep oh, as well. Some say the deepest. Yes, yeah, so I would say the deepest. So and it got me thinking as well, right? What big brand? would you like to see
1: open up a fitness studio? The first thing that comes to mind is someone, they're a brand that do crazy things, and mm. that's Red Bull. I Ooh. think Red Bull would do the best. They're in the F1 game. They're in the motorsports crazy stuff game. I can just imagine walking into a gym. That's Red Bull. It's just lit up. Red Bull going, check speedometers, something on the wall. Damn. Cans everywhere. <laughs> People just chugging Red just Bull, throwing at each caffeine. other. There's a there's a big man float. His lats are so big he's floating because <laughs> Red Red Bull gives him wings. wings. Just, they probably would actually put one of those. What are those big where you go skydiving indoors? That'd be cool. Have that in the gym
0: in the back. That's a gym I'd love to go to. I feel like everyone would just be shaking and jittery the entire time. Yeah, that. I'd love to see. I'd love to see like a big fast food chain getting the game.
1: I would think I like I like a Nestle, like a, oh, a big... Okay. You can walk in there and there's like cereal, bo- like all the cereals you can think of uh-huh. and it's just all you can eat basically.
0: A gym, a fitness studio or... Is oh, it well, just you know, <laughs> some <different>. gym,
1: some <laughs> they have breakfast. The <laughs> things, imagine if you go there, there's Wheat Bix and some nutri <laughs> maybe some Fruit Loops. If you're feeling a bit naughty that day, you work them off. Far out. And if you want to, you can do a workout afterwards. Yeah. You and I have a very different idea of what a gym is. Oh, maybe. look, I'm not saying... Ta- if we're going to go in the food route, we may as well... Keep, a food some, yeah, keep I'd, it food route. I'd love to see Maccas go hard. Well, what are you talking about? I was just saying <laughs> Nestle and you've gone... No, N- but in the
0: fitness, in the fitness space, I, want, I would love to see them open up some boutique McDonald's branded studios. Number one, I'd love to see what the workout type is. And number two, I'd love to know how that makes them more money in their McDonald's stores, because I'm sure they'll figure out a way
1: to do that. I'm just thinking of it's no gym equipment, it's just multiple playgrounds. <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and you've a got a big it's just it's a big maze with. that you basically
1: have to work your way through and it's like congratulations you've worked off enough calories to eat this happy meal and then they give you one at the end and Sir so ronald McDonald giving them a happy yeah. meal
0: that's not bad
1: i'm just ticking over but give me any multinational corporations want you'll, you'll some come up with an idea i've <laughs> got ideas for you brilliant i um. i want to bring up so we, we talked a little while
0: ago about Look, mate, I'm on TikTok a bit more now. I'm not on it, but I'm just looking at it because it's it's so it's so addictive. You're on it. You're on it. There's the, you're definitely on it as well. Oh, I am on there. Over. Yeah, that's right. But so every I think I get the trends after the fact, right? I'm never I'm never first on it. I, I don't do the dances you or, just or anything like that. Yep. I'm, I'm all about the cold hard fitness stats, right? But there is a trend out there that's called the three two eight method. Okay, have, have you, you heard, heard of this? No. So three to eight is a method based around strength workout and Pilates. Yep. Right? Three strength training workouts a week, two Pilates or yoga workouts a week, and then you gotta hit eight thousand steps every single day. What do you reckon about that?
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a yes. pretty one I I do not why eight thousand instead of ten, I've I've been accustomed to hit that ten K mark. Yes, no me too.
0: But I suppose yeah, you know, you've got to bring it down. A got bit. to bring it down. Okay, it can't be too hard. But I really like it. So the like of all the trends you see in fitness out there, some of them, well, most of them, are rubbish. This one, however, has legs. Right, three full body strength training workouts a week. A okay with me. Mm-hmm. And if you take those two Pilates or, or yoga workouts to make them a bit, a little bit lower intensity, maybe more about recovery and stabilization, you're you're matching the energy system that you're or you're, you're opposing the energy system you're doing with the strength training. And then eight thousand steps isn't about calorie burn, even though it's promoted about calorie burn. It's more about recovery, recovery and constant movement, which our body has evolved to do. So, mate, I'm Brandon from Kiwana Told me about it a while ago, and it's the first sort of method that I think stands up compared to you know what other fitness trends are out there at the moment. So,
1: you really you'll be standing up a lot if you're hitting eight thousand. Hey, there he is.
0: He is on today. But it's good, yeah, but and, and I mean that I means like if if you're a Jets member and you're in a Jets gym, this is a thing that you can sort of generally work towards. Yeah. You know, you can do Pilates or yoga in the Jets gym you can definitely lift as many weights as you can as well. And stepping you can do inside or outside of the gym. And uh, I often program step counts for 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 members. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I want them moving throughout the day and I want them to get outside. So what you'll often find in my programs is, all right today's a recovery day but i want you to hit 12,000 steps or 10,000 steps depending on where they're at but i want the first steps of your day to be outside in direct sunlight which is which tricks them into sleeping better the night the night after Pretty because so. they're getting the direct sunlight in the eyes setting that circadian rhythm and so i like this idea of step counts even as a general rule you know you don't need to to um live and die by it but you know having an idea of how much you're you're moving throughout the day in some instances can sort of replace the cardio
1: that you're doing yep and if you want to replace that like you're not going doing yoga or pilates can you switch those in for like a stretch session you know do it at home 30 minute absolutely stretch
0: absolutely even like so if we think about the energy systems here strength training on one end of the energy system it's it's heavy you can't do many reps it's good to oppose that energy system with walking, but you can also add in some light aerobic zone 2 cardio in there for those two days as well, which is great for a, a whole host of things, including recovery, including what have you. So, um, yeah, I don't mind that stretching or
1: mobilising. Yep, I'm doing the 518 currently at the moment. What?
0: <laughs> What's the 518?
1: Five, um, five five strength sessions. Uh-huh. One massive night out. <laughs> And eight hours of gaming a day. <laughs> How does that work? No, it wor- that it's working, working out. Yeah, it's quite um, well. I'm really trying to get it on TikTok and get it big, but <laughs> people aren't are pushing back a bit. They're saying it's not healthy, it's not right. And I'm you know what, I agree with them. I don't think it's something <laughs> I don't think it's something people should do. And I you know what, I'm quitting today. I'm That's gonna it. switch f- to that one. Five one eight
0: lives and dies today. That's classic yeah. I've um I've also taken a bit of a turn with my training a bit. So I've gone through a few weeks ago. I was in a deficit, a very slight deficit. I've just coming out of a maintenance phase, so sort of a new maintenance, and now I'm entering a bit of a surplus. So I'm looking to looking to get looking at getting a bit of weight. Okay, all right, maybe get a bit fluffy. We'll see how we go. And so I've been doing a bit of. We actually think we had a question on the, on the show a little while ago about how much of a calorie surplus do we need to to gain to weight? Actually, little, yeah. yeah. So I took a bit more of a deep dive, and it it's a quite it's quite an interesting sort of. Topic, but what they're saying is about ten to twenty percent of your total caloric intake is about all you need to gain weight. So if I'm eating three thousand calories, I'll bump it up to three thousand three hundred or three thousand six hundred, so it be of within that that realm, and that'll be enough for me to gain weight. Which is interesting because in past years. I've got a lot of friends that used to do this. They just used to eat as much as they can, surpluses of 1,000, 1,500, the classic dirty bulk. Dirty bulk, yeah. Absolutely. But you don't really need it. So from what the research is telling us, thats that 10 to 20% increases all you need to maximize muscle gain and thus minimize fat gain. They've also found that people who are newer to training can have a higher surplus or a larger surplus because most of those calories, or should I say, those calories are more likely to be used for muscle because they're new to training. The stimulus is novel, so their body will change more, they'll grow muscle faster. And so there's a lot of people out there advocating for the advanced trainers to have a lesser surplus within this 10 to 20% of total calories to minimize fat gain because we, the advanced section, won't gain muscle as fast as a newbie okay interesting hey
1: yeah so don't don't dirty bulk if you've been if you absolutely advanced. if you've been in the game for a while yeah because just a small
0: small increase is all you need because your body's accustomed to the stimulus of, of strange training and you won't be able to gain muscle as fast as someone who's never had that stimulus before yeah that that makes sense it does hey? yeah. but it's, it's 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 great. I, I I like this way of training, sort of hovering and eating, this way of hovering around maintenance, slight deficit, back to maintenance, slight surplus, back to maintenance, slight deficit. And then if you're strategic about it, every time you go into a surplus, it'll be, you know, 50 or 100 calories higher. So your body's always, always progressing. Yeah. It's a good shift. Very good shift. I think so, anyway. um, Mate, that's it for me today. Let's get into some questions. That's a
1: Awesome, awesome start today, but let's go. Question one: How should I be exercising for longevity? This is a, this is a, a deep question. It I is feel a deep like.
0: question, and the real answer is five one eight method, five days of strength training, <laughs> <laughs> one big night out. No, this is this is an interesting question and something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And so, if we think about longevity, we th- most people think about how long you live, right? Yep how What can I do with my training now to make me live longer? But there's sort of two aspects to this. there's longevity, how long you live or your lifespan and your your health span yep how long you live, being healthy, being active, and what have you. And what we're finding is that for us to solidify a long health span, we need to be doing stuff n- now depending on how old you are, right? We need to be doing stuff early. To safeguard ourselves for when we hit older age. Yep. And there's a number of reasons for that. To, and, and so there's a number of physical aspects that we look at that we want to obtain and maintain as we get into older age. And that's stuff like muscle mass, VO2 max, uh, aerobic threshold or circulation, if you will, and bone density. <laughs> and if you're a 21 year old listening to this, thinking this has nothing to do with me, listen up because the stuff that we're learning about longevity training is stuff that transfers into what we do already in terms of exercise programming for muscle muscle gain and and, and fat loss. And so if we know we need to maintain these things, i suppose if you th- let's just say we don't maintain these things. Yep. And we we get a typical elderly person who stops moving. And the research is pretty clear about this. If they stop moving and go into a a mobility scooter or or they need a cane or they need something, if they stop their physicality or limit their physicality, the decline is faster. And it's not just physical decline, it's it's cognitive decline as well. They're very intricately related. And so we want to hold off those interventions for as long as possible and keep that body moving. And so when we look at muscle mass, we need to build some muscle. There's a correlation between higher muscle mass and less bone fractures, less um, less illness. Almost all cause illness when we're older. So the more muscle mass an older person has, the more safeguarded they are. But the issue is, it's hard to build muscle mass when you're already elderly. Yep. <coughs> so if we go into older age with a higher muscle mass, look, and and, and, and muscle mass will be beneficial for whatever age you are. We know this. Higher metabolism, better blood glucose uh, management. A whole host of benefits, but if we, especially if we go into older age, it's going to safeguard us from a lot of things because there's a big, there's a big correlation between um, injury, bone fracture, and mortality. And the older you get, the higher that risk of mortality after a bone fracture. Uh, and what the muscles do is that they protect the bone, they protect the body. Yep. So having that muscle mass is super important. VO two max as well. Look, the, it takes twenty three seconds for your heart to pump blood through the entire circuit 23 seconds on average depending on the person so if you're one platelet of blood and you start in the heart and your heart goes takes 23 seconds for it to get back wow how amazing is that and it it moves fast and there's a lot of it in us but the the more the more we can train our blood to be efficient um uh, efficient at transporting things and, and and efficient uh, in terms of heartbeat, strength, the better quality of life we're going to have when we're when we're when we're older as well, and bone density, obviously, when we're, when we're safeguarding against that. So, what does that mean? <coughs> strength training, aerobic training, and well, I like took all lactate threshold training for your VO2 max. So, if we're training for longevity, I'd love to see anywhere between one to three strength training sessions a week. I'd push them all towards the three if it's for longevity, but not not maximal. It'd be all, all sub maximal stuff. Focusing on stuff like grip, uh, pulling strength, hinging strength, and stability. Okay. Right? So a lot of farmer's carries, a lot of overhead carries, uh, and what have you. In terms of the aerobic training, we know this, lower intensity, 20-plus minutes walking, running, cycling, whatever. Extended movement at a lower intensity, and your threshold is like interval work of maybe three to four minutes on, and then three to four minutes off. So we want to raise that heart rate, sustain that heart rate at around lactate threshold and then let our body recover to dip down below recovery state. Okay. And so I'd love to see strength so training one to three sessions a week. I'd love to see aerobic work, you know, 30 minutes plus 30, 60 minutes, two to three times a week. And then your threshold work maybe once or twice a week as well. And that should the ratios of that should vary depending on what what period of training you're in. Okay. But it's an interesting thing. As we get older, you know, we start thinking about this stuff more. No, but that's when you, you should be starting to think about it when you're younger. 100%. Let this be your starting line for longevity training. And before we get into the next question, if you do want to dig, dig, dig a bit deeper, great book called Outlive by Peter Attia.
1: Yeah, when you when this question came up, I did think of Peter Attia because he is the, the guy also. The and I thought I could regurgitate 70% of some of the quotes I've heard him say. <laughs> But I will know I'll butcher them and it's just better if you just listen to Peter Attia talk about it because he knows his stuff. He does. Um, and it's a good good listen. It is, absolutely. Okay, question two. I do a lot of squatting variations. Should I be doing more one-legged? I like this. I do. I, I'm on this person's side. I, I don't do much, much one-legged stuff. Yeah, it's. I think... It's Actually, I do. A little bit. Yeah, you, you do, you do. Actually, I do. You what do. am I talking
0: 100%. about? 100%. So squatting is great, and you've heard us talk about squatting as sort of the king of all exercises, and I still think it is because you can load it up really heavy. It involves a lot of neural activation and a lot of muscle, but one-legged movements in particular make a lot of sense purely because we're very rarely standing on two legs unless we're just standing. If we're, if we're walking or if we're running, if we're performing, if we're doing a sport... We're always on one leg, and that's where the, the stability and dynasty happens. And so, I always like to do phases of one legged training, almost almost alternating with phases of bilateral squatting. So, I'll do four weeks of like a five by five squat, and then maybe four weeks of some sort of Bulgarian split squat in replacement of it. And the reason being, uh, the reason for it is numerous you can bust through training plateaus with it. So, if you're on your back squat and you're stuck at a certain weight, not sure how to go a bit to go further. Take one leg off, do a, a lunging variation for a little while. Aim to get strong in that, and I can almost guarantee you your squat will go up, even though you're not doing it. Purely because you're evening out any compensations you may have, and giving your legs more mechanical tension and perhaps different ranges of motion. So particularly if you if you if you get stuck. Um, you know, halfway down your squat and you can't quite hit parallel and you've been doing that for a while, you could probably get more range doing a lunge or a Bulgarian split squat and that range may carry over into your squat and make that range of motion stronger, may give you a bigger range of motion in your squat and more weight on your squat as well. Um, I think you can build a lot of mass off them, particularly around the VMO, which is the muscle that's sort of on the side of the knee, purely because of the ranges you can hit with one leg. In fact, when I start someone off in their fitness journey, I often teach a lunge before I teach a squat because of the range, because of the stability and the carryover to, to what it can do with bilateral loading. Um, as if you, if you play a sport as well, it can increase performance in that. Um, and the thing as well, it, it can teach you proprioception. So proprioception is just your, your awareness of your body in space and simply spending more time on one leg teaches your body how to how to how to read where it is and how to move on that one leg. And so learning how to do skills like a pistol squat, which is a one-legged squat, um, a drag in pistol squat. I don't know if you've heard of that before.
1: Look it up. No, it t- sounds fun. It's a funky movement. I'm stuck at a pistol squat. I'm, not, I'm trying to get that one. And it makes things more fun. You know, I you can go does. through these things where you go, oh, I'm squatting 20 kilos more than I used to be and then I mm. can do this. But then you get to the stage where you can do, you go, I'm going to try and learn how to do a pistol squat and i'm working on my one one unilateral movements and i'm making this stronger trying to get my mobility better and you go oh i can finally do a pistol squat like look at this it make it mixes it up of almost not just monotonous training of like out doing pbs and upping the weight and you go oh i can actually do something different and something cool 100%
0: yeah and the the sense this is a bit strange but the, the sense of achievement you get from it is incredible the fact of the matter is if you can't do a pistol squat and you spend the next three months building up the strength to get the pistol squat you are never not going to lose that pistol squat because you worked hard for that sucker and you feel very accomplished because of that you put time into doing something and you achieved it that's a big tick, rather than just slogging away with the same weight on the bar week after week after week after week i suppose it comes down to that the old adage of ego lifting hey like just (coughs) Drop the ego, humble yourself in something you're not good at and then get better at it and you can almost guarantee there'll be some sort of change to your
1: body. Yep, walk up to the biggest guy in the gym with the biggest squat and go, hey, give me a pistol squat right now and watch them not be able to do it and you go, all right, here we go. Easy. I like that. Question number three, is alcohol really that bad for fitness? Uh, Alcohol. We're here again. What do you think? I think it is. I think it's quite bad. <laughs> well, well said. And there, don't even go into it. No, nah, that's it. they you I for think listening today. Obviously, it's bad, but it also just creates a bad habit. It's not always mm. just the – if you can – some people go, oh, like they go out for a big night and they're like still in the gym the next morning mm. and then – but that's good mm. if you can do that and you just have a couple of drinks. But it generally, people have that kind of weekend mentality of mm. might have a couple of beers on Friday night. Then they won't train on Saturday yeah. or have a big night on Saturday. It just ruins the routine of it and it kind of you get in such a good routine possibly throughout the week and it just sets you back to square one. It does and weekend. it and it
0: can. And and you're right. I think I think alcohol can be really healthy, you know, in, in the right context, you know, a wedding or a celebration or you're with friends <laughs> or you're visiting someone. Like I totally understand that. Socially, uh that can be really healthy for you. Um, and all this stuff about you know how wine has antioxidants and that can be really help- like that there's is, always that. Oh, there's do you know there's a
1: new study actually out, but that says red wine is actually good for you. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the bottleo today I'm and to drink order four bottles. four bottles because I'm worried about my health.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a bit that's a bit of rubbish. But I think the, I think the benefit like you, you'll see centenarians like in like what are big words? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm surprised myself. It's late in the day. You see, some centenarians—people over a hundred—part of their diet is red wine. I think in Sardinia, if I'm not mistaken. But I think the benefit of that comes from the social aspect of it, you know, having it with your family. You don't.
1: Less stressed. They live in Italy. They They're having do. it out it's there. Not. They've never had to worry about external pressures and stuff. And they've uh-huh. made it to a hundred. They're having a wine at 10 p.m. They can do it. they pasta. want. They can do whatever they want. They can want.
0: do whatever they want. But like, if, so if we do think about what alcohol does to the body, um, and if if you want to really make a goal of fitness and you want to get results fast and you want to sort of create good habits, the best thing you could do is is avoid it, right? And that's just having a couple once once every you know, once every week or, or binging you know, every week, what have you. If you just avoid it, you're going to get results faster. That's bottom line. But what it does is when you drink alcohol, your body sort of puts all its other recovery priorities aside to get the alcohol out of your system. So it'll prolong the recovery from the workout you had that day or the day before. It might prolong um, other other systems of the body too. We know that it affects our sleep, which also affects our uh, everything about our body, how we use glucose, how we store fat, how we recover from our workouts. Um, we also know it's a diuretic. So it dehydrates us so rehydration is a part of that recovery process too so if we drink a lot of alcohol if we drink if we roll a slab one night with a friend which i did in university one time <coughs> slightly proud slightly embarrassed about it it's going to take a lot of time for our body to get rid of all the alcohol we consume we're talking it could be not just hours but but days and that puts you behind the eight ball of the workout you might have the next day or the workout you have in two days Every time you do that, you're taking a big step back, which isn't to say you can take more steps forward. You definitely can, but it's going to be a, a a lot slower of a process. So I suppose the bottom line is, if you want to make results fast, just put it to the side. Just reevaluate your relationship with alcohol. You know who you drink it with, what you're drinking, the context of it, um, and it's hard to do that with moderation. Sometimes you need full abstinence to to get an ob- objective view of something. If you want to make fast results, cut it. But you know you can have a couple of um, a couple of cheeky ones every cheeky week and bromanski's. still still Yeah, yep. cheeky bromancees—that's that's the way to go, baby. All right, that's enough fitness for that's one enough.
1: Day. That's enough for one day. Yeah. Look, They're I learned right. a lot. I had a few new big words in there I hadn't heard before. Centrin- Props, centru-
0: propriocep- proprioception, proprioception, a centrinarian.
1: Central, <coughs> I knew that one. Oh, that's um, good. Um... I hope
0: you guys learned some new words too and maybe a little bit of stuff about fitness. Uh, and as Jacob mentioned at the start, do follow us on all the social tubes. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on this podcast platform. Apple Podcast is slowly picking up momentum. You're slowly catching up to Spotify, but Spotify is still way ahead. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, leave a review uh, and make sure you do follow the podcast and follow us at Jets Double T S on all
1: of the pipes. Just keep having being your personal best. Have a good one. Peace. Bye.